Okay, we're back with my friend and superhuman in a wonderful way, not just as an athlete, Dean Carnassus. You probably know him as Ultra Marathon Man. Um, his most recent book, A Runner's High, is really an extraordinary journey uh, of his life and an exploration of not just the physical accomplishments, but the the mental and and metaphysical. So let, let's jump right in because we finished the last episode talking a little bit about how you did kind of a, a three, you, as you are becoming more seasoned, uh, doing a, <laughs> doing a 360 view. Um, and I want to start with the mind because I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. And this is something that I struggle with, with patients on a daily basis is, is, getting your head in the right place. I think so much of life is, we call it in medicine, super tentorial. So it's really from the shoulders up. I mean, how, how did, what, what, what kind of things did you, did you work on? I mean, were there specifically, because you do talk a lot about the, the self-talk and the negative experiences that you've had and, and the challenges and, and the sacrifices that you've made. So how, you know, what did you do? How did you approach kind of, you call it mastering your mind? I think that I've learned who I am. And we talked about this as well. I mean, you know, again, I'm, I'll, I'll uh, revert back to my Greek root, Greek roots of, you know, the Oracle at Delphi said, um, know thyself. So, you know, how, how do you get to know who you really are? And you get to know who you are by, by pushing yourself and, um, you know, taking up challenges that really test you and put you in new situations. So I've learned who I am. I've learned that, you know, I'm a, I, I guess best qualified as a, as a functioning introvert. <laughs> I can get through the day, but uh, I get overwhelmed very easily. And I've learned that uh, you need your alone time. You're an introvert. So uh, don't feel guilty about going running for an hour or two, in, you know, in, on the trail somewhere, just getting away and being in your own head and just processing the events through the day, because otherwise you feel disjointed and incomplete. So I have a, a really deep relationship with nature. And I think that unfortunately, a lot of people don't. I think that we live in a very manufactured uh, planet at this point, where a lot of times we just go from our, our car, you know, from our, from our house to our car to our office. Uh, we're never actually in nature. And I think that, to me at least, I, I feel most comfortable by myself in nature, much more comfortable than like <laughs> in front of Zoom right now on a podcast. <laughs> but at so least we're standing. I, yeah, we're standing at least. So yeah. I, I, I do these things now and I don't, I no longer feel guilty about it. I feel like it's, it's part of my composition and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's life, right? I mean, yeah, I might not be as productive, but you know, who's going to remember that a hundred years from now? Again, I think that brings us to the point that, you know, you mentioned earlier about running, but that I think about life. I mean, it's really you versus you. And, and it's, even if you feel like you don't have choices, you, you do have, and, and getting out into nature, and there's research showing that. There's research showing that exposure to green spaces can lower blood pressure, reduce the risk of stroke. I mean, there, there is a lot of research to support that. And, and it's funny because 
I'm an extrovert. I mean, I, I thrive off connectivity with people, but I do my best thinking when I'm in nature by myself hiking or skiing downhill, which I'm trying to preserve that in my life. Cause it, it, I went as I tore my ACL right before in 2019 for the second time. And my surgeon said, you know, you're 49 years old. What do you need an ACL for? And I said, because because <laughs> I want to be racing with my kids in my 70s. I want to be one of those hot grannies in the racing suit, killing it down the mountain, you know. So I think um, it, it, it's a cool thing. But, uh, you know, I, I think the nature thing, I think I think that's another one of the when you look at the bright lights of the pandemic, you know, which there aren't that many. But I think, you know, more of a connection with family and and the people that really, I, and, and I love that you talk about this too, because I think this is so key to mental health, especially with the digital world and it, that feels so unreal to me. You talk about, you know, really being around the people that lift you up in your life and, and ditching the downers. And, and I think that's something that by default, we had to do during COVID because you had to have such a narrow pod. I think a lot more families, you know, RVs sold out, bicycles sold out. Like it, it brought us outdoors more. And I hope that that continues for the nation. It, it, you know, I, I pray, I mean, that they keep riding their bikes and keep running and pushing themselves. But um, all right, in terms of the aging athlete, I hate, we can't even say aging, the seasoned the continually seasoned athlete project. Um, let's jump into diet because obviously this is this is my well exercise is my passion too. But um, you know when we first met, um, I don't even remember how we met. We met I, I don't remember, but I remember having introducing you to Barry Sears because at that point you were doing the zone diet and. Even though you had a pizza delivered, I remember that story on the uh, while you were running. Um, so you've always been aware of, of diet, but talk a little bit about how that's changed over the years because you are a little more extreme than the average person, but a lot of what you do is what we should all be doing more. So how what talk about you know the evolution of your diet over the years as a runner too? Yeah, well, my diet, you know, I, I like you, I read a lot. I'm constantly reading, constantly looking and trying new things, experimenting. But I kind of came to my current diet through a process of self-selection where I would eat a certain food and then I'd pay attention to half an hour, hour, two hours later, how it, how it left me feeling. Was I lethargic or was I energetic? And certain foods just left me feeling kind of blah, other foods I felt enlivened and like vigorous. So I started weaning those foods that left me feeling you know, listless. And I came to my current diet, which is basically, you know, I tell people if I can't uh, pick it from a tree or dig it from the earth or catch it with my hands, I don't eat it. So nothing that's processed or refined, you know, no grains, uh, you know, as well as I know, like you, you can't pick a piece of wheat from the field and stick it in your mouth. It's got to be processed and refined. So I don't need anything that's in a bag. And I don't cook a lot of my food as well. A lot of my food is raw. Uh, you know, I eat primarily organic. And, you know, people say, isn't that expensive? Well, it's more expensive than non-organic, but it's my body. <laughs> you know, and they say, isn't it kind of a pain in the ass making a lot of your own meals? And 
uh, yeah, it is. It takes time and it's, it's, it's inconvenient, but it's again, uh, it's my body and it's my mind. It's, it's how I want to feel. And so what I put in my mouth, I, re I really, I guarded as closely as my time. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think it's investing in your health. And even if you don't go necessarily to the extreme, I mean, I think that's, that's great insight is to, and it's funny because I say this with patients too, like, you know, people who struggle with their weight or with their health related nutrition issues really have a love hate relationship with food. And I try to make them change their schema and think about food as fuel. And how is this going to fuel your body? Yeah, sure, that chocolate chip cookie that I'm not going to give up. Because every time I go to New York on live, I go to my favorite chocolate chip cookie place. I'm just telling <laughs> the audience. I'm being honest. Keeping it real. But, you know, really paying attention to that and thinking thinking like an athlete. Like, I, you know, I'm not going to go run a marathon right now. But I think about how my body is going to respond to things. And, and so I, I think that's that's really important. And, I mean, it's... It's interesting, you know, the journey. And, of course, you, you were kind enough to give me a recipe for my last book because uh, the Greeks, obviously, in terms of herbs and, and uh, you know, spices, that's a big part of their diet. So so do you – you don't – I mean, it, your, your diet is relatively low-carb. Is that fair to say? Or do you think it's – I mean, paleo is the closest iteration. Uh, with that, is that – so you went from zone – that, what what turned you onto the zone diet? Uh, just I was I was carbo loading and I was just noticing these these you know really uh, high peaks of energy and then you know these crashes like bonking really badly and I thought there's got to be another way than you know than feeling like this. I remember showing up at the start of a marathon you know after the pasta feed the night before. And just feeling bloated as uh, wow, I've got all this pasta in my gut and all this water retention and, and running and not feeling very well and thinking there's got to be an alternative to this. And then I read The Zone, uh, which do you even remember what year The Zone came out? It was, I think it was, it was 2004, 2000, uh, somewhere around there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I read, I read The Zone. I thought, oh, let's, let's try this. It's you know, the 40-30-30. And that seemed to work really, really well. So I just kept refining from there and then you know, went paleo and that kind of became a thing and then you know i've always uh been primarily a, like a raw uh live food kind of guy like i don't like cooking a lot of my food it's especially you know uh, vegetables and i use a ton of seasoning um you know if you were to come to my yard and look at my garden i've got uh purslane i've got uh oregano i've got rosemary every meal um i've got a great new uh, uh tarragon plant that I, uh, I planted the seeds have already, they, it, like, it was amazing. I planted in February and there I've already got, you know, tarragon that are up to my waist. That's, I love that. And, and one of the things like for seasoned athletes or seasoned humans in general is the fact that herbs and spices are loaded with antioxidants and can help reduce inflammation in the body. So because of all the physical activity you do, you're actually producing, you know, it, it's stressful to your body on some level. So I think you, you naturally offset that by eating more herbs and spices. So, but everybody can benefit from that, not just ultra marathon runners. So, um, so it, and yeah, then, I mean, you know, something else I do, and this is a little tip and I, I want you to try this. Okay. Is I put uh, fresh rosemary in my coffee. So with my coffee grounds, just literally take some sprigs of rosemary 
and you wouldn't believe the flavor profile. It really, it really mellows out the coffee and it gives it a really nice flavor. So, and plus, you know, all those oils with the antioxidants end up in the coffee that you're drinking. So it's very, very healthy as well, I would imagine. Absolutely. No. And it's actually a funny story from my last book is Napoleon's doctor advised him to bathe in rosemary baths. He said that was the key to eternal youth. So uh, you're, you and Napoleon, I actually, I love the fact that you bring up coffee. Well, first of all, it makes you more real that you drink coffee in the morning. But um, I actually, I, I experiment. I'm going to try rosemary, but, you know, I've always been a big fan of cinnamon. So I always put cinnamon in my coffee. But I'm like, you know, I can put cinnamon in anything. I got to push the envelope. So I started, actually yesterday, I put a little cardamom in my coffee, which was actually really, really nice nice. And then I, I put another something in it. I'm going to send you some. I don't know if you've ever heard of fulvic acid, um, but I'm working with this company called BLK, which is a black water, which is rich in a nutrient from the earth called fulvic acid. And it's so important because our soil quality has deteriorated so much over the last 50 years that even if you ate 20 servings of organic fruits and vegetables, if our topsoil isn't up to par, you're not going to get all the nutrients that you would probably on uh, on your mother's uh, your mother's island where she grew up. You know, I'm sure their their soil is remains unadulterated. So, um, so any any other tips for aging gracefully? And again, I hate to use I feel silly using the term aging, but I think we both look like not you know well below our years, right? If we we could go yeah. to like a college frat party, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> maybe not that much, but well, I would go. You'd be shy in the corner, and I'd be like doing <laughs> keg stands. But whatever. That's I'm glad that I could still do those. But what other tip do you do? You, I'm curious. Do you take any supplements at this point in your life? Uh, I, I take rarely take supplements. Um, you know, I work with a company called Hammer Nutrition, which I, I think I'm promoting their products. I got their shirt Ooh. on, and they make some <laughs> they make supplements that I uh, that I believe in, good quality supplements. But I, you know, I think that um, through my diet, I'm getting enough nutrients. You know, I've had a I've had a lot of analysis done, as you probably have, and um, you know, there's a testing service called the Inside Tracker that I work with, and uh, you know, I've looked at um, my uh, nutritional status and it's pretty good. So I'm getting most of what I need through my diet. Uh, you know, the the acid you mentioned, was it, you didn't say folic acid. It was another... Fulvic, F-U-L-V-I-C. It's probably the most important nutrient that nobody has ever heard of. It's been around yeah. in traditional Chinese medicine and also Ayurvedic medicine for thousands of years. But it's not. It's a. It's a soil-based nutrient, and we used to have a ton of it in the soil, fifty million years ago. But through you know commercialized farming practices, the use of you know instead of natural fertilizers with crop rotation and letting you know animal whatever manure nourish the earth, we don't do that anymore. And that between that and global warming and climate change. Um, our soil quality has really deteriorated. I mean, you know, you're still, I'm sure, and you're still in Marin, uh, you know, and getting, you know, up in the hills, probably getting some some good soil up there. But it, it's really interesting. I, I, I've done a deep dive into the science for the past year working with the company because I'm 
and I'm doing actually clinical trials with athletes to start. So I'd be interested, although, you know, we could probably give you like, uh, I, I love some of the stuff that you talk about as you run though, the occasional, I, it may, it makes you human, the occasional, uh, what is it? Green Sour Patch Kids that you're, uh, that, that's your thing. Uh, mine are red. I only go for the red. I will literally pick the red out of the box, but you, uh, and you'll have to read the book again, a runner's high to, uh, see Dean in his uh, moment of weakness and desperation, uh, having a Sour Patch Kid from a, from a, a younger bystander. So, and I do love, just to get back to the book a little bit, I, I love, I love the community. I think that's, that's an, a really, another interesting part of longevity. If going back to that is, uh, and, and maybe part of your 360 is, is, the, the community, not just with the runners, but with the volunteers. Like, I had no idea that people volunteer year after year to sit for 24 hours out in, I love, I love the pina colada story. I'm not going <laughs> to tell, seriously, you people, you, you're going to, even if you're not a runner, you got to get this book because the pina colada story is freaking brilliant. I love that. And it, it makes, it makes it so real, but that, that community aspect is, I mean, I think that's a really significant part of longevity. And I think research supports that, you know, in the blue zones, a big part of why they live longer is, is that sense of community. Yeah. Well, I spend a lot of time in Greece and, you know, the one thing that's very noticeable with the Greek culture versus the U S culture is that you have, uh, the, the ageism does, doesn't exist there. Uh, you know, the U.S. is the most age segregated society on the planet. And I think that's really unhealthy. You know, when you go to Greece, um, there's kids, you know, there's teenagers, there's parents and there's grandparents and great grandparents. Everyone is mixed together. And that's one thing about the ultra running culture that I, is really endearing is, you know, as I have written, you come to these age stations and people bring their kids. It's just kind of become a tradition. I don't know how it's evolved that way. But you see kids, you see parents, you see grandparents, families show up. And when you have a family and all these different age groups, it, there's just something different about the feel to it. It's more, it's just warmer in a way. And if you just go to Greece, go to Greece, go to any village up in the hills and, and you know, go to a taverna. Uh, and just and watch and observe and you'll see there's just there's kids and there's and there's dogs everywhere uh, as well they're just kind of accepted yeah it, it really it, it is kind of a tragedy of of you know western society is that we've we've kind of lost sight of that and and the idea of how much you can learn and experience and I know even for me like being able to ski with my kids is like has brought us and I hope it keeps us closer together because especially yeah and they say that with relationships too right doing something that uh you know builds up your adrenaline can actually bring you closer together so so to be speaking of that did your wife's not a runner at all she uh so did you guys have any how did you do you have any adrenaline building experiences besides the obvious that we're this is a pg-13 <laughs> show so we're not going to talk about anything else but did, was there a connection on the on the uh physically active uh or, or just a just a spiritual and emotional connection I don't know if it's PG. I don't know if I want to share anything, but I will say something. This is hilarious. Uh, we got a new waterbed. <laughs> That's been exciting. <laughs> OK, 
Okay, we'll leave it at that. Uh, and and uh, no, I think so. You know, at the end of every podcast, I like to, you know, kind of give my listeners and viewers, if you're watching this, um, just really practical, actionable tips. So are there any that, and, and I think for you, you know, as a human and an athlete, you know, are, you're truly an inspiration and I know you're not comfortable with all the accolades, but I'm going to pour them on you anyways, because, um, I have so much admiration for your, your, your courage and also your courage to be open about your struggles and your journey and, and this wasn't just you, you know, looking great on the cover of your book and, and running and looking, you know, this is, so I think you really do go into that in a runner's high. I, I don't, I haven't read the rest of the books. I need to read ultra marathon, man, but I'm, I apologize, but I did read every single word of a runner's high and I have 20 pages of quotes. If, if anybody <laughs> wants my top quotes, but so what would you give somebody, you know, listening, who's just you know, maybe they're on their path to a healthier life. Maybe they're just getting started. Maybe they're trying to find motivation. What are some practical things that you think anybody could do, not just an ultra marathon runner? I mean, one thing that's very symbolic because we're both standing right now is uh, from the moment I get out of bed until the moment I go back to bed, I never sit down. So just try that a couple of days a week. Uh, obviously, if you're going to drive somewhere, you got to sit down, you know, but for all intents and purposes, you don't have to sit down, don't. And and just do that and see how you feel at the end of the day. And that, I think, is just one thing you can do. And it's it's amazing to me how much more energetic I feel if I'm standing all day versus sitting. So also, you know, bounce up and down on your feet, uh, you know, bend your knees. Um, just don't sit down. See if you can do that. Uh, you know, the other thing that, I mean, I do 25 burpees first thing out of bed, <laughs> but if you can do, you know, just try to do three burpees when you get up in the morning. So you know what a burpee is. If you don't just, you can just Google it. It's really tough to do, but it's three burpees take 20 seconds. And if you can do that, you just start the day feeling like you accomplished something and it sets a precedent for everything else that follows. I think that's great advice. And I actually just read a study last week, which I thought was so fascinating that doing, you know, just 30 minutes of some sort of resistance work and that would even like vigorous gardening for me, I like to do push-ups every other day, um, but that can significantly increase longevity. So I, I love that point. And I was just talking to a my, I was just came from seeing patients and I got to go back, but I literally said, <laughs> you know, we, we have such as that's the bad thing about the pandemic is that, and we do everything on zoom. We do everything sitting. Everybody has such sedentary jobs. I had a chapter in my first book called my grandmother didn't have to go to the gym. Why do I have to? And it's because, <laughs> you know, our mechanized society, I mean, we have a remote control, we shop online, we date online. We do, we, there's no reason to move anymore. So, um, but when you stand, just a little tip because my back's already hurting me from standing during this whole episode is to have, well, I had a back surgery and I still have no disc between uh, L4 and L5. So I am human, but getting a good standing mat, I think is actually really important for me, for anybody. So, um, but I love, I love that tip. That's, that's like you win. That's my favorite tip so far for the podcast. So anyways, I think we're going to wrap it up here, but I, uh, I am so grateful for your time 
and your uh, contribution to society cannot be uh, understated. And I mean, it's just, it's so extraordinary. And I, I really, even if you're not a runner, I encourage anybody listening to get the book, A Runner's High. So Dean, where can people go to follow more of your exciting adventures? Because I'm sure they're just beginning and you're just going to keep going for the next 30 years. Even maybe there won't be an Instagram in 30 years, but you'll, you'll, be, <laughs> you'll still be doing it because you'll be doing you. So where can people go to learn more about what you're doing? I uh, just Google Dean. Someone said, if you Google Dean, I'm the first Dean that comes up. So if do Dean, if you want to make sure it's me, just put in a K. And I mean, I've got a website, I'm on social media. Uh, you know, there's, I, I've been in a couple of movies, that kind of thing. You can, you know, whatever you want to do, you can find me, you can find a runner's high uh, there or on Amazon, or, you know, it, it's pretty much everywhere uh, that they sell books. Yeah. And I, I, again, I can't encourage you enough to get this book. It really is inspiring. And then um, we're going to work, I'm going to have you help me out with some more herb recipes because you sound like an expert. And if I can get next time I'm in the Bay Area, I'm going to take you up on your offer from like five years ago, pre-pandemic to come over and uh, and break bread together. Although not break bread, break. I want to take you to Greece. But, oh, you that... never had herbs until you go to Greece. Okay. I, you, the food there is because of the soil, because of the light, because of the salinity, all these things, you know, you owe it to yourself. You, you, yeah. Let's go to Greece. Deal. That sounds good. I'll bring my <laughs> bike. I'll bring my bike. So though, cause there's no way I can keep up yeah. the kids, yeah. the bike, everything. Cause there's no way I can run again. Thank you again. You've been listening to Dean Carnazis, author of a runner's high among other books, uh, also known as ultra marathon man or Carno. We'll, we'll end it with Carno. I really appreciate your time. And I hope you listeners enjoyed this and uh, keep your questions coming. Keep your guest suggestions coming because I do this because I love it, but I also do it for you. So you've been listening to Practically Healthy by Dr. Molina. Tell your friends, share it, subscribe and have a healthy day. And don't forget to listen to Dean and stand as much as possible. <laughs>